0: Welcome to NoClip, the podcast that's like a book club for people who don't think that books reward them enough for being good at them. I'm Chad Redmond and I'm Andy Kinnick. And today, we're going to be talking about Space Station Silicon Valley, a game that was developed by DMA Design, published by Take-Two Interactive and was released in 1998 on the Nintendo 64, the Game Boy Color and the PlayStation.
1: But first, if you guys like her rating, it would greatly appreciate (laughs) it.
0: You've thrown me off. I've thrown everything (laughs) in the garbage. (laughs) Space Station Silicon Valley uh, is a game... (laughs) I called it previously a puzzle platformer. I think that's still reasonably accurate, but any idea in your head that you have of what a puzzle platformer is, flush it. Get rid of that. (laughs) It's, that isn't this game. (laughs) Uh, I don't know how better to describe it, though. It is a 3D game. It is not 2D. Uh, You can move and walk around in all dimensions. uh, And it has and it 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 is the obvious progenitor of the cappy mechanic from super mario odyssey <laughs> which ripped this game off miserably uh-huh. De- <laughs> uh huh yeah i think puzzle platformer
1: covers it um it 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 very much feels like a concept that you would get in a puzzle platformer but it's very much rooted in this, like, early th- 3D platformer collectible
0: style. Yeah, and that is my, like, central conflict with this game, more than anything else. I want to give a little background and then jump right into that. Like, wh- what is it that this game is and why is it here? Um And to answer that second part a little bit early, I had this game on the list to do for the podcast, much like your Bugs Bunny Crazy Castle or, like, the Game Boy version of of Harvest Moon. Mm -hmm. It was, like, a game that I played a shitload of as a kid and never got past, like, level eight. (laughs) Like... (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. And I remember loving it, at least on a conceptual level, right? Like, it's a cool idea. Mm -hmm. And so... I, it's always been in the back of my head. I still have the cartridge and as a full disclosure, uh, we can't seem to get our Nintendo 64 to work right now. So we're looking into that. Uh, I've already bought multiple (laughs) pieces of technology to hopefully fix it. None of it worked. Um, but we ended up playing this on emulator and I think it improved our experience drastically over playing it on the original hardware. Um, but i do have the cartridge it's something that's been sitting in our home for years Mm -hmm. and i'm like we're gonna talk about that one day uh and so it's been building in me this like fucking mythology of what (laughs) this game is and then getting to actually sit down and play it and i gotta say it kind of holds up to what i thought it was Mm. i don't think i thought it was going to be that good (laughs) i which may be a little bit of revisionist history Uh uh-huh but it is not very good (laughs) but in my head it has this idea and then playing it again i still love the concept a lot uh so that's kind of where i wanted to start like it is conceptually really strong and it pulls me in both directions because obviously this is a very early game in the 3d space and so i want to give it a lot more leeway than maybe it deserves (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, but the game itself it it fluctuates wildly between something that is cool and something that is the opposite of cool or good (laughs) at all Yeah, and you, you told me about this
1: game, and I thought it sounded really interesting. Like, the concept on paper is very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, like, a robot and some other guy crash land <laughs> on a uh, space station, and the robot, like, busts apart, and just, like, his computer chip is left, and it looks like a little bug. which <laughs> is a cool design. Yeah. Um, and it can latch itself onto different robots and control them. And, like, that's your different modes of play, um, kind of like power-ups or whatever. Um, but, yeah, and I always, like, I would push to play this game. For some reason, like, every December I'd be like, oh, let's play, like, some childhood games. Yeah. And I want to Station Silicon Valley, I want to play that. Um, but, yeah, and then <laughs> upon playing it, though, it just... I feel like the concept does not carry its own weight. (laughs) Uh, And this game actually ends up feeling pretty generic to me.
0: Yeah, it's really sad. At least in the first uh, world Mm -hmm. or two. Yeah. I mean, no, to me, it gets worse over time, if anything. It looked more
1: interesting. True. I
0: I only played, like, half the game. Uh
1: The jungle level and the desert level just seemed, like, more weird-
0: yeah. I, I give which you is that. what I
1: expected throughout more like the the whole game.
0: Yeah, and that's a good thing to call out as well like the, the we've I specifically have derided this and we've talked about it on many occasions where like every old game is like it's the fucking grass world yeah, and the, the fire world level. Yeah. yeah, it's everyone has to go through all of the fucking constituent elements that make up the universe and create a level based (laughs) on it Uh, and then also a dinosaur level and this game does that sort of with its four worlds it's got the normal world the ice world the jungle world and then the the desert and uh (laughs) the like the first world is just called europe in the, in the game, uh, which is great, because obviously it's a European developer, and so that's why it's called <laughs> Europe. But it is amusing, because the idea is, like, the justification for the fact that it has all the different world types, is that it's a space station that's, like, habitat to a bunch of robot animals. Mm-hmm. This is the first time we've said animals, <laughs> this podcast is core to the concept of the game. Uh, and so there's like, it's more like a prairie world or like a grassy, hilly kind mm-hmm. of area. But except for
1: half the time, it's like in a sewer or but something. But then sometimes you're in a <laughs> sewer
0: or in a control room <laughs> and there's a bear in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, I I like the concept a lot. Like you said, mm-hmm. I think it's 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 a very strong elevator pitch for a game. Uh, like if somebody came up, if I had not played this game and somebody described it to me, I would want to play the game. Yeah, and I feel like that's the danger we're leading the listeners into right now, <laughs> because the actual truth is that you do not want to play this game. <laughs> uh, so yes. what is it? What makes the game bad? Um,
1: God, what doesn't make the game bad? No, um, <laughs> yeah, God. I wanted to compare it a lot to Rascal, mm-hmm. a game that we talked about several years ago.
0: It is markedly more competent than Rascal. Yeah, is. but <laughs> I, I think
1: they they have kind of like opposite problems. They share some of the same problems too, <laughs> but um, I feel like in Rascal, it it feels really like weird and um, more like. It's like there were sparks of creativity. They like made all this weird stuff, but then when it came time to like really like put the game together, mm-hmm. it feels really slapped together and like kind of like incoherent. Uh, this game is. Much more like soundly put together, uh-huh. you know. As you said, it's got like the different biomes: you got Europe, <laughs> ice <laughs> world, jungle world, and desert.
0: Classic um, Europe, yeah. and it
1: you know it looks the way you'd expect, and you know it, it looks like an early platformer level. It looks like a level from Croc or something. Oh, it sure does. Um, but it then just feel, I think, just feels really generic. Like it, it almost kind of reminded me of some. Um, Games I would get like in a bargain bin or something for like the PC. Uh, that's a little harsh, but like, <laughs> like the I think like the um, the cool like you're a computer chip that can jump between animals can kind of get a little lost and it just kind of feels like you're playing plat animal platformer.
0: Right. Yeah, because the concept, the good part of the concept is the idea that. The game is going to present you with puzzles, and you're going to need to choose the correct thing in order to get there. Yeah, and it does that sometimes. Yeah, but a lot of the time what it does is make you do a benign task that sucks (laughs) for the level, and then the part... There's no challenge, it just tells you what to do, and... It's then layered on top of all of these frustrating mechanics that make it hard to actually do the task. And it just creates this terrible mixture of things that makes each level feel worse than the last one. To compare it to Rascal also, (laughs) I would say Rascal had like 10% of every level done (laughs) and then the rest of it was phoned in. This game takes the whatever percentage of the game that is. So it has 10% of the game done as well, but it's just all up front, and then they tried to stretch it <laughs> into a 20 hour game, which it does not succeed at and did not need to succeed at. The concept is strong enough, and it has like a personality, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're somebody who, and we'll talk about this more like in its own section, because it's actually a meaty thing. Uh, if you liked those more irreverent sort of games that came out that were like, sort of, I mean, debatably kind of <laughs> poop joke oriented, uh, this game is like right up your alley. You're like, oh, it's got like silly, dismissive, rebellious humor to it, and it's got a cool concept, and it's set on in space. Mm-hmm. I like space. Uh, and so you're sold in and then they were like man those people who bought our really specific weird game aren't gonna want a game that isn't 20 hours of fetch <laughs> questing and so, so every level just gets worse and worse as time goes on it, it frustrated me to no end
1: yeah I, I don't know if this is um the case or not but i feel like I replayed a uh, part of it to capture footage earlier today mm-hmm. and I got through it all pretty quick. Like I feel like the, the amount of time this game takes on a first playthrough versus like a replay is like huge. <laughs> um, Cause like I, I, and I also like watched the rest of the game and like this person did a long play and the video is only five hours. Um, so I, I feel like that was something that, game developers didn't have as much of a grasp on back then like that like to them they're familiar with the game so they probably felt like it was a lot shorter than it really is
0: that could make sense but that's
1: just speculation (laughs) because like some of these levels on a first time took me forever oh yeah either because they were difficult or because i didn't know what to do or
0: both Right. I think the ice world is particularly bad. There's one level in the jungle that I think is the worst level in the game, definitely. In all games, <laughs> it's in it's in that fucking, in the running for that. Uh, and I'll get to that one eventually. When we get to the jungle part of the podcast, uh-huh. I'll, I'll bring it back up. But yeah, it, it is. It feels like it's been pushed and extended way past its capability and the whole game becomes this like distended flabby mess (laughs) because of it and it's it's a it's really sad honestly Um, because because of how much potential the idea actually does have Mm -hmm. I wanted to mention something and then blew right past it Um, sure (laughs) this game came out on the N64 and on the PlayStation Uh, And on the PlayStation, it was inexplicably called, let's talk about Space Station Silicon Valley for one second. Uh Uh-huh. What a good name. Yeah. It is, it gets the point across, even though it sounds totally outlandish. Uh, It's got that good alliteration that you like. Uh, It's just an evocative, strong title and one that I'll probably never forget for my entire life. Yeah. Uh, the version of PlayStation is called Eva's Space Adventures, <laughs> which is the worst name I've ever heard.
1: It is way worse. Um, I think... I don't remember the name of the guy who just sits on the spaceship. Dan, I think? Something like that. We'll call him Dan. Sure. Um, he reminded me of Wallace from Wallace and Gromit, <laughs> um, and... Evo's Space Adventures almost sounds like it could be the name of an old short cartoon. Yeah. So maybe that's what they were going for. Back
0: from before
1: all of the good <laughs> titles had already been taken. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, Space Station Silicon Valley is a great name, and it's one that I remembered. You know, and I never played the game or even heard of it before you told me about it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's what it's up there with. We've talked about this kind of stuff before, but like with like Symphony of the Night. Mm -hmm. Or Ocarina of Time. You know, like, there's just certain names that, like, stick in your head.
0: Yeah, and this is definitely one of those Yeah. Like, you bring this game up to do. Yeah, I
1: kept doing it because the concept is cool and the name is cool. Right.
0: Meanwhile, uh, the episode we're doing for Pocket Next is on a game called Gorogoa. And this is a game that I had beaten and didn't remember what it was by the name Mm. like for a while (laughs) we got to a point like it was because you introduced me to it and we were like you don't put this on the on the in the back pocket in the the list that we keep for Mm -hmm. the the podcast and i'm like oh yeah okay that looks cool and then like you know a month goes by and you're like oh we could do Gorgoa next i was like what the fuck is that (laughs) and then fast forward like two years and you're like oh yeah i've played that game yep I was like when did that happen? Somewhere in the <laughs> ensuing points, uh, but Space Station Silicon Valley—that's a name I can get behind. It's a good title, and I like that a lot yeah. about it. Um, and that's the end of the things that I like. <laughs> <laughs> that's not really true. Um, <laughs> let's start with this first world, right? Yeah. So, the first mission—the first actual stage—you you complete. The whole goal is just to introduce you to sort of, like, the jumping between dead animals mechanic. Yeah. And so you have a dog and a sheep, and you kind of learn the dog d- does a jump, and he barks. Yeah, and he can bite. He can bite. That's what it is. He bites and jumps. And then the sheep jumps and can float. And they just have you do some basic, like, go here to there and that and these. Mm-hmm. And I think this level... Because I've now played this level probably a million times because of how many times I've started the game over because mm-hmm. I was frustrated by it as a kid. <laughs> um, I think does... I mean, it's it's very basic and it just takes the place of what a tutorial would normally do. But I think it does a good job of selling you on the concept if you didn't know it like going in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I think... It, it continues in the Europe section to kind of expand on these things. And it gets you excited about, like, oh, this, like, okay, so the dog is more of an offensive thing and the sheep is for platforming and then you later get a mouse and you can, like, ramp and it goes real <laughs> far and real fast and it feels real good to do. uh, And then it, it just kind of, like, keeps building for a while. And then it there's just this like dead stop it hits where they must have run out of clever ideas because after pick up box there's like not a new ability introduced for the rest of the game mm-hmm. it's some variation on do an attack do a jump be a racing thing with wheels yeah you can fly with the there's the some birds that can yeah. fly and yeah and the propeller rabbit
1: um yeah i think that uh to back it up a little bit that um tutorial area very much reminded me just of like the courtyard from mario 64 Mm -hmm. it just feels like a like a nice introductory area to like stretch your legs or whatever and no no pressure environment you can't die yeah um and it just lets you figure things out um so yeah i thought i was pretty effective you know it's better than uh it, it, this game does not have bad tutorials you can give it that yep. as a gold star <laughs> um but yeah yeah I, I think yeah the first couple of levels feel like well considered and like they have like a difficulty curve and that for me it really like ramps up <laughs> like spikes hard um I don't remember the names of the levels but there's the one where it's the first one you need like a key card and there's like a there's, like, a scientist, like, in, on a little platform in the middle of some lava you had to get it off of. And there's, like, a million enemies yep. that all attack you <laughs> and you'll die a million times.
0: Yeah. So, before I started this game, I thought back to what the level was that I remember hating and getting stuck on. Mm-hmm. And it was that level. It was because <laughs> I was like, it's the level with the bear. And yep. you're in. There's two of them. There, t- yeah. There's three. There, are, I think three total bears. Yeah. In, in the in the level. Um, and I will say potentially elevating my opinion of the game a little bit when I beat it as a as a thirty-one year old adult. Uh huh. I said, "Damn, that feels good <laughs> to finally get through that level that fucking walled me when I was eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the that i did I did feel a little bit stronger about it this time around, um, but yeah, it hits that point, and immediately the difficulty just spikes way up, and it doesn't really like it's not like it ebbs and flows, it just becomes hard and then it stays the same difficulty level <laughs> until the end of the game, <laughs> and I don't it's not a curve it's or it's a curve that just ends abruptly, I guess, yeah. Uh, and it was immensely frustrating and I, I'm glad that that was also the level that you pointed out Yeah, because it justifies my shittiness as a child.
1: Yeah. I can imagine playing that as a kid and it feeling like the, like, um, what was it called? Edge of Tomorrow, that Tom Cruise movie, like that, <laughs> uh-huh. that, that, that. that pop culture like video game idea of like you have to do the level over and over and learn everything about it and you can have to execute it perfectly to be able to beat it like I feel like it would have felt insurmountable
0: in that way as a kid yeah it's tough because they immediately put you it's like there are games that have done this I'm sure Mm -hmm. but like it's it's as if you literally walked out of the front door and the final boss of the game was right there (laughs) In the Because there's like a little narrow passageway and then a bear that can kill you like basically instantaneously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the goal of the level is to like, you have to go explore and like you can get a little rat and he can go in these holes but it's like a just a red herring there's nothing <laughs> in them. And so, <laughs> so you're just confused for most of it. But you have to go explore the level, find a guy, get a key card, use the key card on a terminal to open a door Mm -hmm. and then you have to like ramp over the thing (laughs) into the teleporter at the end and so it's like this big long string of things with the most vague mission details which debatably gets better also debatably may be worse depending on your perspective yeah they're hit and miss yeah it's like Sometimes they
1: make it way too easy and sometimes they're way too vague.
0: Yeah, and I wonder like what the thought process was there. Because sometimes, maybe they're just like, no one's ever going to understand like what we were trying to go for. Mm-hmm. So we have to spell out every step of the process. But then other times they're just like, turn on the big machine. And you're <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> Where is the big machine? Give me any guidance at all. Uh, And the game will refuse to give you any guidance Mm -hmm. whatsoever. Um. Anyway, fuck that bear level. You don't even need the bear. Like you want to get in the bear and do stuff. You do have to go pick up a box. You find you you kill this threatening (laughs) enemy who's a big bear who swings his arm and is like demonstrates the ability to murder you in a second. and then when you get him and he moves a box and then he's way worse at fighting the other bears than the dog with rockets is <laughs> uh-huh. so you just don't use it it's yeah, so
1: tragic i never even captured the bear i found out you can just take a sheep and you can just like float over and hit the guy um and he it you won't land on the platform but you'll hit him and it'll make him drop the key card and then uh, you yeah. swim out of the lava and go pick it up <laughs>
0: Uh I didn't know that was and, a, yeah. a possibility. And then
1: by then he, he most of the time will have killed the dog and you can just take the dog with rockets and kill him. Well, and there, et cetera. That's how I did
0: it. Hey, this game gets better every time, you know. <laughs> you you discover something new every yeah, time that you play
1: it. That is one positive thing I will say about this, is like it, it only ever like accomplishes this like here and there. Mm -hmm. Um, There are cool things like that where there's different like interactions, the different enemies can have like certain, it's like you can lure them to attack each other. Um, And like, there might be like, you might be able to accomplish a certain task with more than one, you know, like there might be more than one approach. Um there's the level with where it starts out you're like the mouse and you had to like ramp up these stupid little platforms. Oh, yeah, and then yeah, there's yeah. like a yeah, there's like a pen with a bunch of sheep and then there's like a dog going around you have to grow the carrots. That <laughs> yeah. level. Like that was one that I felt like like in the early game, like the vertical slice of the idea of the game to me. Where it was like you had to like you go through the level and then like the the order in which all the animals show up suggests like a progression of like what to do and they get you thinking about like okay now what Like every time you get to a new obstacle you're actually like organically thinking okay what animal do i need to go get whereas in other levels sometimes you just kind of like get the one you start with and kind of just go mm-hmm. and like and then maybe if you find an obstacle then you'll think oh what animals are in the level um so i, I think that they were onto something with some of the levels, but I don't think they ever quite fully realized the mechanic yeah. in that way.
0: Yeah. I I think that's a good, uh, th- like the, the, the idea of organically introducing like the different mechanics that you can use and trying to get the player to actually think about it. Uh, like what, what do I have available to me and how, what are they going to be useful? And in what way are they going to be useful? That kind of a thing is, Ideally, what the game would strive to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the problem comes in that like a lot of the levels sort of fall into this formula of like start with an animal, kill the first animal you see, use that animal to do 90% of the level and then maybe there's a second thing that you can swap to to accomplish some other goal with very few exceptions. Most of the levels you're going to be spending uh, the vast majority of your time in a single host and then not being able to switch into something else. So it's like, it takes the idea, like you said, it makes it feel less like a cool swapping mechanic and more like animal platformer Mm -hmm. because you don't change. It's like, this is just, this is the gorilla level. Great. (laughs) Now you're done. (laughs) You can move on to something else. Uh, And I think it's, I, I don't know what it is, about the design that makes it fuck up this bad. Cause like, (laughs) there's a lot of things I want to point to, right? Like I would say like they use an over-reliance on combat in order to get to different areas. They just block it off with like a thing that can kill you. Or there's an objective that's literally like kill all of the coyotes in the area. And you're like, I don't want to, Uh, you have to in order to get through. And they justify it with some flimsy, dialogue in the the mission description and so i would i would love to see more levels like the gross and (laughs) carrots battery farms is the name of that level that is what it's called i don't know why i remembered that (laughs) but i do um yeah
1: it's it it's hard it's hard to put your finger on i think but the way i was thinking about it was by just like comparing it to banjo kazooie Mm -hmm. um and say like what there feels like there's a huge gulf between them, even though they're contemporaries. Yeah. Um, and it's like, what, what does it, does Banjo do that this doesn't? And I think it's really, it's hard to put your finger on. Cause I think it's just like at that base level, like the game design just isn't as strong in space station, Silicon Valley, like in something like a Banjo Kazooie or a Mario 64 or a Zelda or like a Nintendo game, you know, like some of the better games of the time, uh, It feels like things are like, were more like conceptualized and like more like thought about like, what kind of problems are you going to solve? How are you going to solve them? How is it going to control? What's it going to feel like? Um, You know, it just feels like it had a lot more time in the oven. You know, they had all the ingredients they needed. You know, like it all just feels like more like planned out and executed well. Whereas this feels like it is, it's not bad on like a technical level but it feels like it it isn't as well thought out or it isn't as well like thought out or fleshed out i guess you know like it feels like it's just kind of like they had it just as good enough as they needed it to be able to like put a game out and it doesn't really go much further than that
0: yeah and it's it's weird to see that in a game like space station silicon valley Because when you look at Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Kazooie isn't, like, the most original game in the entire world. It's a -a collect-a-thon. It kind of popularized the genre, so I absolutely do hand it that. But it's a game that obviously spun out of the Mario 64 era, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that came out and there was suddenly this, like, oh, what can we do in 3D? So they, they riffed on a bunch of these cool ideas. And so... Banjo Kazooie is essentially a 3D platformer, and they just kind of change the objectives up and stuff. And I'm not trying to dismiss Banjo Kazooie here; I love that game. But the the, with Space Station Silicon Valley, it's like such a high concept that it feels like somebody had to have come up with the idea and been happy with it. And then produced this. (laughs) Like, is like, an idea that was, like, built upon and built upon and created this big, expansive world. Potentially too expansive, depending on who you're talking to. And had all this stuff in it, and everything's really polished. And then this is, like, a great idea Mm -hmm. that is an original idea. And then it feels like it was rushed out the door. And it could be, like, a corporate thing. I didn't look into the like the programming state of the team when they were making this game. Mm -hmm. And I suspect that that is probably what it is. Yeah. The experience level. Yeah. But it's weird to see an idea this like unique get used on something that got shoveled out the door. Yeah, That's, I don't know. To me, you would, you would see that as like, Oh, it's like a racing game and you're a guy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fucking there's your game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think I would try to chalk that up to the time. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like you saw stuff like that happen more often, um, where th- it was a much more like economically uh, more prosperous time, and I think people were taking more chances on stuff. Especially, it was like it was an experimental era for video games. Uh, make us a Mario sixty four. Pro- probably someone said that to them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, make us a three D platformer. Um yeah I mean, I mean just and you could have like the coolest concept in the world, but if you're just not up to the ability to be able to make something good <laughs> uh <laughs> it's it's not gonna save it,
0: yeah, or not have the time or not have the money yeah like there yeah, was there's something i'm
1: sure there's many factors yeah, yeah. There,
0: <laughs> there's a a group of things that you need to make a game, and at least two of them were missing when they put this one together. Yeah,
1: and also, like, starting from cool concept and working backwards can kind of shoot you in the foot sometimes.
0: Yeah. I think, yeah, it's one of those things that, like, it feels like the kind of game that should have had, like, if it was released today, should have had, like, a a demo or, like, a Kickstarter to get people excited about it, Mm -hmm. where it's, like, you put something together, and then you take the feedback, where they're, like, this was really cool i like this idea a lot but like that maybe work on this part Uh, but because it was back in the day and like nobody even knew the game probably existed until like a month or two before it came out uh it's just like it's one of those things that it it feels like such a crying shame Mm -hmm. like one, it needs like a a mighty number (laughs) nine style like Kickstarter new game by the same creators yeah. to make it. By Rockstar. <laughs> by fucking Rockstar now because dma yeah, fucking DMA. Yeah, DMA Designs got either acquired or changed their name. I forget, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, I feel like I was going to say something and now I lost it. Oh, I, I feel like it's the scope as well is a big problem. Like, they could have half as many Captureable animals, I think. And, you know, spend that that time on other things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I I think that uh, one of this game's biggest problems, and the reason that I also did not finish the game, Mm -hmm. is it just keeps going, and I feel like it didn't... One, it did not need to. Uh And the further it goes the worse and worse it keeps getting. Like, the, it stops having any semblance of an idea for each level the way that the early levels do. The, it's like, oh, uh, go here, because we need to get to the control station, which they don't give a specific reason for, but, like, in your head, you're like, that makes sense. We're crash-landed. And, like, the plot of the game is that the space station is, like, hurtling toward Earth. And you need to stop it from doing that. Uh, and, like, the two characters, like, the main characters of the game are supposed to be, like, mercenary, like, heroes for hire. I believe is what they're referred to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you're like, oh, yeah, go to the control center. It makes perfect sense. So we land on the outside. We dick around as a sheep for a while. We go in and we do this thing. And then later it's just like, uh... I don't like piranhas. <laughs> Kill three piranhas. <laughs> like it's strayed so far from the light that it no longer makes any sense. Yeah, and it's just garbage.
1: Yeah, it loses uh, sight of the concept, and it's just animal platformer. <laughs> it's just animal
0: platformer. Uh, it's it sucks. Yeah, and if the if it was a if if the game was 20 levels instead of like 50 levels it could have easily made up the difference in quantity with quality and making like each level feel a little bit more thought out
1: yeah yeah I mean I think it helps at least in my head to think of like what would the modern indie version of this be like Mm -hmm. and yeah I think it would be just it would be pared down a lot there would be like maybe three or four capturable things per world and there would be uh like fewer levels and they would be more like fleshed out to take advantage of the concepts.
0: Yeah. And that's what the game needs. Cause honestly, like you jump in that bear and then you pick up a box and my excitement for this game plummets into <laughs> yeah. the fucking core of the earth. Yeah like the bear yeah,
1: he's so, like, intimidating when you first come across him, but, like, he's, like, one of the most useless ones.
0: Yeah, he sucks ass. <laughs> it's so lame. There's a there's a thing I did as a child um, because of the way that the game... What was the game? The game, I think it was X-Wing. It's one mm-hmm. of the Star Wars flight simulators. Uh, you could just edit a text file in the game's files to fly the death star because death star is sick and i'm a little kid and uh-huh. i want to play as the death star and the, and it works because the the way that the game is programmed the death star just is given a series of inputs so you can give those inputs who gives a shit uh so you fly the death star and then you can use the death star and it shoots a super laser blows up a fucking planet it's amazing mm-hmm. it, it makes you as a kid you have that power fantasy you love it uh and then you get in the bear, and they tell you to pick up a box. And I'm like, I don't want to pick up a box with a bear. I'm going to beat the shit out of something with the bear. With his mouth all foaming and his mm-hmm. arms swinging around. And it's so, it, so many animals do this thing. Like, did you, have you seen the lion? Andy, yeah. the lion, have you seen him? I have seen him. His move, his attack move. Is like the laziest, shittiest animation I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. It takes this game takes the idea of a power fantasy and wipes <laughs> its ass with it. <laughs> just all the stuff with projectiles. Yep, it's dog on wheels is mm-hmm. the best animal in the whole game mm-hmm. because or like wolf or his husky on skis. Yeah, husky yeah. on skis. Which actually, if we're just gonna talk about animal transformations. Mm-hmm husky on skis is maybe the best one because i like that the rockets impulse you backwards
1: yeah it's a very
0: good idea and i'm glad they went with it
1: yeah um like the penguin when he throws the snowballs, he gets pushed backwards as well yeah a lot of snow like an ice physics thing
0: yeah it's just a really good good the walrus walrus is neat yeah walrus is all right too well, I was going to call out the walrus earlier, because you were talking about how you could do certain levels in multiple mm. ways, because the walrus shoots like a heat-seeking rocket. You can guide the rocket into stuff and have it complete objectives for you. Mm-hmm. Very nice. I like that that kind of a touch. For sure. Yeah. It's like Monster Hunter. <laughs> they, mo- it's they just like that. Monster Hunter. Just like Monster Put Hunter. Put it on the box. <laughs> <laughs> um... You want know, a little deeper into the game, mm-hmm. into some of the later levels, and also talk about maybe, like, how they're presented, how the game is presented, uh, and all that kind of stuff. Um, after <laughs> the, the break. break. I, I would like that. All right. Welcome back. Uh I left us off on a pretty vague note there. I've given up on the concept of half of the podcast being <laughs> before the break and after the break. Uh huh. Um and well, don't, I, think... I don't know how long this one's gonna run. Yeah. This is definitely gonna be a shorter one. Yeah. So rejoice, everyone who's like, <laughs> hey, why are your episodes fucking two and a half hours long? Uh we got you. We got you, fam. Uh-huh. Uh <laughs> Uh, but one of the things that I wanted to talk about, I think, because we we talked we touched on it mm, just a little bit, just briefly, uh, we talked about some specific levels, um, and we specifically talked about levels that we thought were good. Battery farms, the tutorial level, um, these are levels that actually use the concept and kind of like play with it a little bit and do puzzles that are actually interesting to some degree. Uh, and then you have the flip side, unfortunately, levels that don't and are bad. Uh, and there's a level that takes place in a swamp and it is the worst level in the whole game <laughs> by a huge margin. And it literally took me over an hour to finish. So let me talk about this level for a second because I fucking hate it. Uh, uh-huh. um, So, we did not play this game on original hardware, as I mentioned before. And the reason that I think this improved our experience with the game is because we had access to save states. Uh, So, with a save state, you don't have to die. Which is great. Because when you die in this game, you just go back to the beginning of the level. There are no checkpoints whatsoever. This level tasks you with... Following a path that you cannot see to several small islands uh, in a swamp. And if you go into the swamp water, you die within like two or three (laughs) seconds uh, to get a hyena. And the hyena's ability... Is he laughs and he makes the animal that you're laughing at laugh, and then they stop moving and they just do that for a while. Uh, And then you just, but it's just an AoE damage ability. Like it just deals damage. It's not really special. It has an idea behind it, but Mm -hmm. it's executed in like the dumbest way imaginable. Like ideally, the laugh would do something unique to make you want to use it over a different attack. But it is just an attack, and one that takes forever. So you get one of these dumb hyenas, and then you have to navigate over to another island that has some gorillas on it, and you have to laugh the gorillas to death. And then once you laugh the gorillas to death, then you have to climb a bunch of stupid vines, and jump between the vines until you find the magic rope, which is a rope that moves. Uh, And you follow the rope that moves to the exit, you get off, and there you go. So that's a level. It is impossible to see or do anything (laughs) in this whole level, which is almost its own separate problem. But I feel like it's such a perfect distillation of everything that is wrong with the design of this game. Because dying would set you back, like, so fucking long. And I know, because I did, a lot, I died a bunch just trying to navigate the stupid swamp. Uh, And then the animals that you have are largely uninteresting the gorilla gets a bit of a pass because climbing the vines is kind of cool but the vine part is just mindless for so long of just swinging on vines and i don't understand why any of it is there um so that is a level i hate (laughs) and those are all of the things that are bad with the game and they're all in that level (laughs)
1: Um, I I cannot comment specifically because I didn't play the level. Yeah, but um, you, that made me think of two different things. Uh, your spiel is like the fact that this game doesn't have lives. Yeah, uh, seems interesting for the time, uh, and actually seemed like a positive thing at, at early in the game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, because you you die, you just go back to the beginning of the level, and when the levels were short, that was fine. Um, but yeah, it really feels like it if it if only it had checkpoints. Uh, it would feel like that aspect of its design was a little bit ahead of its time, mm-hmm. um, but alas. <laughs> um, and and the other thing uh, was, like, did you find like certain levels felt really like unintuitive in an old like weird game way? Like, and there's an early level where you're like, there's like a weird little mountain and there's like three sheep on it and like three levers that you can like leave the sheep on to get like the golden spout or whatever oh yeah
0: i remember this level that
1: level i remember just like running around it i think you start as the mouse on wheels and being like what am i even supposed to do
0: yeah that level has a lot of problems um that being probably chief among them. Yeah, that and that's the diff- one where you have to move a box with the bear. You do have to move a box with a bear. And it, it, and it is. It's hard to figure out what you're trying to do. And then also the level geometry is so samey that it was actually difficult to know where you were in relation to other things a lot of the time because your view is obscured by the mountain part of the level. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you get a hang of where you are and how to get around, the level's not particularly hard, it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there were a handful of levels like that. Yeah. And, and you brought up the the golden spout, which is, uh, I think the game calls them trophies? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure. Um, every level has like a secret hidden challenge that you can complete to get this little completionist bonus thing. Like, it's a... The golden spout in that level and other levels. It's, it's like a golden thing that yeah. represents the level. And these are hypothetically a good idea. Uh, like if you made a good game and you wanted to give people more things to do. Having like a little secret challenge in every level seems like a good way to do it and has been done in a lot of games to success. The problem in here is that the your actual objectives in the level are so vague that sometimes you get caught up doing the trophy objective... Without l- realizing without it. Without knowing that you're doing something optional. Like, in that one is a great example because there's all those buttons, and they're very obvious and right there. And so you just, like... Go do it. You're mm-hmm. like, this must be the thing I need to do. But you just need to press a different button somewhere else to open a door. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yeah, it's
1: stupid. Yeah, and the, the spout was actually I bugged in my version in the ROM that I was playing it on. And I couldn't pick it up.
0: No, oh, that's good. So. So you c- couldn't even complete. I know you wanted to complete the game 100%. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's another, this game has one of the weirdest completion mechanics I've ever seen. I mean, it's not the, one of the weirdest, I guess it's the most, like, boring and stupid, maybe is a better way to put it. The first thing that you have to do in any level is just beat it, and you can beat the whole game and not do any of the extra stuff, and it doesn't uh, give you any bonus or whatever for doing it, so it doesn't really matter. But when you go to the level select screen, it shows you every pickup in the level, which are these little, like, data balls. I have no idea what they actually Oh, are. yeah, yeah, yeah. Energy spheres. Yeah, I, I didn't... I couldn't remember if there was a line
1: at the beginning in, like, the first level where he said something about them, like, powering the spaceship or something. Yeah.
0: The... The... Game explicitly calls them out in the very first level. They're like, get those because we need them. Mm -hmm. But then they don't do anything in the game. You cannot Uh. pick up any of them other than the one that you're required to uh, in that level and finish the game fine, as far (laughs) as I know. It's dumb. I don't know. I don't like them. Mm -hmm. They're there, and I feel compelled to pick them up because I'm playing a video game. They don't do anything except increment a little counter that just goes away when you die. And you're going to die. So the counter just sits at zero most of the game. I don't know what the counter's purpose is. The number isn't recorded anywhere from what I could tell. Uh, I don't know. It's just real strange. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah, it's definitely one of those weird growing pains of game design that it's interesting to look back on is a lot of games have implemented collectibles and it even still happens today mm-hmm. that like, aren't particularly useful for anything. They're just there. Cause they are. Yeah. Like we just talked about twilight princess, a triple a Nintendo game mm-hmm. where rupees just feel like pretty useless in that game. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it's a persistent problem. Uh, and yeah, it, it is always weird when you. It seems so obvious when you're playing the game. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I guess when you're when your game development it just involves like hundreds of people, so I guess things fall through the cracks.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's just so. It feels like so such a half implemented system, because like when you go through a like, level, I thought you were gonna have to fix the spaceship. Yeah, that was
1: my assumption.
0: Yeah, it feels like it's gonna be a Pikmin thing, but it isn't, or or something
1: like that. Yeah,
0: Yeah. you just kind of get the pieces of your body, and that's all that I think is actually required Mm -hmm. to see credits.
1: Yeah, I was assuming like, uh, like a counter, like every 3D platformer had this. Like, uh, you need this many golden bananas or this many power stars. To get open this level, this you know, this many energy spheres. Yeah, this, this many whatever, Maybe that jiggies right. I... or whatever.
0: <laughs> I know that when you progress through the game, you will hit a point in each biome that opens the first level of the next one. Mm, that might be what it's for. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know if that's what it is, or if they just do that in case you're like getting frustrated with the level you're on, you can skip to a different one, mm-hmm. which is a nice feature. But like they still make you finish every level before you can finish the game, so it doesn't actually really help all that much. Uh, Because I would have taken it.
1: I would (laughs) have taken that
0: out, 100%. (laughs) So you end up going through all of these levels. Anyway, and when you pick up the the collectibles, it increments the score that persists across levels, but you don't really get a high score unless you're trying to beat the game deathless, I guess?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Which seems completely insane uh obviously like somebody who's very familiar with the game could probably do it but i don't know i just it left me with a lot of weird resentment against the energy spheres yeah i can't really explain why that is
1: yeah i mean it just just doesn't make sense i think you said it uh best with yeah it just feels like it's half implemented
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so uh did you think that the music sounded like it was royalty-free music
0: uh no. It's the best music in video <laughs> games. Um it feels a little bit royalty free. Uh, especially the main like menu theme. Mhm. Uh yeah, and uh, I just wanted to point that out.
1: Um uh it because I it stood out to me because it feels like the game really thinks it has an awesome soundtrack cuz like <laughs> they make the audio Diegetic in the d- levels with these speakers that are just littered throughout, and like the robots will like bob their head or tap their feet to it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is an interesting idea, especially for the time. Uh, it feels unique, but like, yeah, it's just like this, like, blah, blah, you know, it's like this the simplest, <laughs> but like royalty free, yeah. Uh, kind Uh, of music. It's really weird.
0: It created like a weird clash for me. Yeah. (laughs) I do want to talk about presentation a little bit before I get into that, I guess. Because I think I think I like the music in this game it's not just because there's like one song that kind of sounds like a little second wave ska song. It's a little bit uh, pretty cool. Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
0: But the idea I I believe for the music in this game is to give off a music sort of feeling like the kind of music that you would hear at a strip mall and they kind of go with it. Like your each, each zone isn't what I would call an area that it makes sense for that music to be playing in. Mm-hmm. But you get this, like, vibe from the game that, does, it obviously doesn't take itself very seriously, but I think it is trying to be like, what if the space station is just run by some, ran- they're like, do we put music in it? Like, oh yeah, just play like whatever the fucking you know shop soundtrack is that we've got, that we bought the rights to however many years ago. Like, that is what I assume it is trying to go for. Yeah, my interpretation
1: is that the space station, I think, <laughs> the setup for the game, I don't remember it super well. um that like the the like the animals killed the scientists that were working on them or whatever. Yeah, it, my interpretation was that it was supposed to be like a zoo or something. Um, and that like the music is there cause, cause it's supposed to be like a tourist attraction. Like people would like walk through and like look at the animals or whatever. Like it almost kind of feels like elevator music or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was my thought of what they were going for. I just, I feel like if that is the case, if it's some <laughs> kind of weird concept, like the one you or I suggest, mm-hmm. the presentation is not communicating that. Right. In my opinion.
0: Yeah, there are too So many... it just feels
1: like bad music. And...
0: <laughs> I mean, I, my argument mostly is that I don't think the music is that bad. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just like it's hitting a nostalgic thing, because yeah. I heard it when I was a kid, and so I'm just remembering it. But I like, I wouldn't put this music on at a party. No. But... <laughs> It's not like it pains me to listen to, like, the music in some other games that we've played. Like, uh-huh. there's, there's like, a maybe no thought was put into its inclusion, but I think there is some thought put into actually making the music, like, function uh, as music that is listenable. Sure. Which I think is good. Um, but, you know... I don't know. I think it fits the vibes of the game, even though the game does nothing to present its narrative or setting in a way that it should have. Mm-hmm. It, and and I think it's it really, it all, it keeps coming back to the game is just like originally a cool idea. that got stretched into something that is nothing anymore. <laughs> it's just, it lacks all definition. Uh, and like yeah, the the you mentioned like though there were scientists there and it was maybe it was gonna be like a Jurassic Park kind of situation with robot animals. but like there's so many levels that are just like eh, a fucking iceberg. like there's nothing in it that sells that concept that humans would, inhabit it at all
1: yeah there are, there are a couple of levels where like the skybox is like a space skybox yeah which i thought was cool because it's supposed to be like oh it's by the window
0: mm-hmm.
1: of the space station i was like they should have done more stuff like that yeah because that's like really cool actually
0: there's a level where there are like asteroids falling mm-hmm. because like it's open like the yeah the space station has been uh, the moon roof is the, open. <laughs> the moon roof's opened up and letting the asteroids in. The mm-hmm. asteroid roof, um specifically for that purpose, like the rain roof in my car. Uh-huh. um And so, i I like that. I want more things like that, but it just doesn't have it, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it bums me out until like the fucking end of the game where you crash land on earth. Like that's the only time that the setting seems to matter outside of like a few precious, uh, spots. Yeah. I was like, I was just, uh, listening
1: or this conversation made me think, uh, of like a more modern version of this being almost kind of like portal. Where, like, you don't have the setup, you just kind of are, like, the two guys who, like, crash land on this uh, space station, and then, like, you go through these, like, biomes or whatever, and eventually there's, like, you know, like, a walkway or something where you can, like, get up and, like, out and, like, into, like, the lab area, you know, like, it has, like, a facade that's broken Be really cool. Yeah, like, this is, like, we keep coming back to it, um, because the most interesting thing about the game is the concept. It's, like, a high concept for a game at the time, both mechanically and I think it's just, like, a story idea. Uh, And it's true. I mean, there's a lot you could do with it.
0: But they don't. Yeah. (laughs) I think, to me, one of the worst offenders in this game, as far as, like, the way that it ends up presenting at the end of the day, is the blurbs that explain each mission that you go on, which I've been wanting to talk about a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it basically, like, it doesn't even start strong like a lot of the other <laughs> things in the game. It's very... <clears throat> the person that you're... The the guy, the dude guy, who yeah. is not emo, Dan Who may be Dan. <laughs> I don't think that's his name, but I like... The idea of calling him that. Yeah, okay. So, Dan, the other guy who is not Evo, uh, is just very combative with you at all times. Um, Potentially, he doesn't think that you have sentience or agency as a robot. That could be true. Another interesting thing they could have explored, but probably would have done a bad job at. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) But every level has this, like, instruction where it's like go do this thing and then a blurb that explains the reasoning why you're doing that thing and it so quickly transitions from because we're here to accomplish a task to i would like a sandwich like it's so fast like it's hey get out there so that our spaceship can be freed from this big crater that it landed in and then it was like, yo, I'm hungry. <laughs> it's it's fucking so lame. And I like a lot of the writing. I think the mm-hmm. writing can be funny at times, but it accomplishes, it has no goal. It just is there. And as the game gets longer and longer, and the missions become more and more pointless and and not related to any larger goal then the writing is forced to explain in a way that makes no sense a thing that makes no sense Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it just collapses in on itself like a neutron star of bad comedy and it just is a a, it it just it hurts every everything it hurts me (laughs) it hurts the world and it definitely hurts the quality of the game
1: yeah I, my interpret. I also, I didn't really find the writing even to be that funny, personally. Um, it felt like they were trying to do, like, a like a rareware, like, a witty, dry humor thing. Yeah. Um, it didn't really land for me most of the time. Um, but I feel like, that was one thing I did think was funny, though, was the concept of them being, like, heroes for hire, and Evo's the one that does everything, and Dan <laughs> just sits in the spaceship the whole time. And so those jokes did, like, reinforce that, that he's just, like, he just doesn't do anything. And the fact that Evo is a robot means he never calls him out on it, and right. he just doesn't care. Uh, so I thought that was kind of funny, but, like, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's
0: not that funny. <laughs> it's not that funny, and it is also, like, just kind of a, you know, like a classic odd couple cartoon thing. Yeah, it's like cartoon one, it's, thing. It's
1: one note for yeah. 20 hours, so... <laughs> Much like the soundtrack,
0: much like the soundtrack of <laughs> this game, it's got like four or five minutes. I know. There's a there's a stage uh, where you play Simon Says with a piano. Right. Yeah, with the penguin. Yeah, and I remember being there's. This is such like a perfect fucking example of of how this game does puts all of its effort in the wrong place. After you complete the piano game. And unlock the end of the level, a little recorder comes up and you can record a song and play it back. Why? It's a big pit. You're not going to do it. It takes fucking eight minutes to press a note.
1: <laughs> it's for the golden uh, thing in that level. I actually watched this on YouTube. Oh. You record a specific song and then it'll, like these little penguins will sing it and then it'll drop the golden eighth note or whatever terrible
0: <laughs> that's terrible
1: but anyway i thought that was kind of cool as a secret but yeah like really weird it drops like it's just this weird little recorder thing it's like mm-hmm. what the fuck
0: yeah it like comes down like a little radio or no
1: whatever. one figured that out without the game guide. Yeah. I was
0: just... Or calling the Nintendo helpline. Yeah, they all get in touch with Brady of Brady Games. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh the unofficial space station said this unofficial Evo Space Adventure Guide. <laughs> Extra unofficial. Uh yeah, I don't know. It's weird. The fact that there's like like you said, like the music feels public domain. Mm-hmm. And then they have a mission that is based around music and there's all the, the diegetic speakers that you can actually blow up and silence the music if you want to. Uh, it, it does feel kind of like they think the soundtrack rocks, (laughs) uh, and it, it really doesn't rock. Uh, but it does, it calls attention to itself a lot. And it's also blaringly loud in comparison to other elements of the sound design. Yeah.
1: I didn't know if I was imagining it or not, but I feel like it gets louder and quieter depending on how close you are to the speakers.
0: Oh yeah. But apparently one of the speakers is directly inside of your <laughs> ear during the main menu part. <laughs> oh, where you select yeah. levels. That's playing in Evo's head obviously. Yeah, it's just a constant thing that runs through. Mhm. We well, even that song a circuit runs through it. A circuit runs through it. Uh our fuck it never mind it's too late to riff too late to riff but that even that song the original like that bad song has a joke about it being bad at the beginning Mm -hmm. like it at least has a purpose that it serves Mm -hmm. yeah i do think they
1: have some kind of world buildy thing like reason for the music to be the way
0: it is mm-hmm.
1: it's just it, it isn't really communicated
0: yeah and it's buried yeah uh, in, under a lot of shit that didn't need to be there
1: but that, that stands out to me as like an interesting thing like they they were doing like a cool little conceptual thing with the music they i just stood out to me
0: yeah Um. Uh, that's how did you think how did you think how did i think the game looked, given the like era that it came out in,
1: it's really hard to judge those sorts of things because like I not like I didn't play this at the time and I never saw it either. Yeah. Um. So because I want to say that it looks a little subpar, but I don't know if that's true
0: or not. I think it kind of does, <laughs> but I think my the reason I bring it up at all because mm-hmm. we don't you... We, we played games that came out this year and we didn't talk about the fucking graphics that's not really <laughs> yeah, like <Dem-Graphics>.
1: <laughs> it was more of a thing before we we, we hit this the ceiling and we broke through it
0: yeah and now i just don't
1: care yeah. i can't be
0: bothered to care anymore yeah uh i think that this game has the potential to look good Mm-hmm. But it keeps because I like the kind of like cartoony look. Like, I like Dan's big, stupid face. Like, yeah, it looks like a potato. Like, there's obviously like a, a style they're going for that they're using to compensate for the polygonal nature of N64 graphics. Mm-hmm. And I like it generally, but I feel like this game missed out on an, op- on an opportunity to be like way more colorful. It has all of these different biomes and stuff, and, and a lot of them just are based around, like, a single fucking color and shades of it. Mm-hmm. And it's it gets kind of boring to look at after a while. I think, honestly, the, the visual design is part of what made me put the game down, finally. I, like, <laughs> loaded a level and just saw, like, fucking brown and was like, I'm done (laughs) like it just drained me to look at yeah there is a lot of saminess Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, and yeah that kind of struck me just once again like limitations of probably the budget or the hardware I don't know Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah yeah like most level like if it's a if it's a level in Europe and it's outside you know exactly what it's gonna look like Europe inside also samey look you know the, the art assets you know you can, like, you can almost, you, maybe this is just, like, me, uh, but, like, I almost can, like, imagine the folders with the art assets in them. Like, you know that there's just, like, a small pool yep. of textures that they're pulling from.
0: <laughs> the fucking metal panel.
1: Yeah. Yep. I want to shout that out. That fucking sewer level where mm-hmm. you needed to get the key card and you had to actually use the key card on the terminal every time
0: you wanted to go through the door. Yep. Frustrating. <laughs> Bad idea that they had. Speaking of that level, also... With the Rat King. With the Rat King. uh, That's it. I just wanted to mention the Rat King. The fact that someone told somebody at some point (laughs) about the existence of Rat Kings. Oh, yeah. And everyone has run with loves it. They love that idea. They're like, oh, Rat King. Like, it's rarely... The phenomenon (laughs) That actually occurs Being depicted in fiction But there are tons of rat kings In games And whatever other media It's very odd to me It is interesting It does crop up in a lot of places Yeah And And it's almost always just a rat with a crown Yeah
1: and I always like it too Yeah It's like a trope that is I don't know It's a (laughs) universal good
0: It's like pizza (laughs) Rat King equivalent to pizza. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Love it. Uh, just a weird thing. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and actually, so there's a level that doesn't involve the Rat King that I actually saw you play by by pure chance. Uh-huh. I walked by when you were playing this level. And it is the one where uh, you have to shut down the rat machine. Oh, yeah. And it has this, like... Maybe one of the funniest failed designs I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) It's a level where you play as a small mouse, a racing mouse, Mm -hmm. and you have to, you get sucked up into a machine, like intentionally in order to go sabotage it. And it pops you out in this like conveyor belt full of dangerous stuff. And one, I loved the aesthetic of that. I love the conveyor belt full of dangerous stuff, and I don't know why. It's just like it was in like a it's cartoon like Tom and I Jerry. saw. Yeah. yeah. And it made me excited to go through. You're like, "Oh, now I can be on the danger belt." Mm-hmm. Uh and then you do it, and it is so janky. Most of the stuff is either just unavoidable or Comically easy to avoid in ways that it doesn't feel like they intended it to be. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, it's a piston, and you're like, I'll go around it. What? <laughs> there was, yeah,
1: like the I don't know, yeah, like the piston though. Like it, the hurt box would stay active for two life. You got hit with it, it would just be like, <laughs> just kill you instantly. Yeah, yeah, in a way that felt off.
0: I know that because I played the level as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time, fucking aced it yeah (laughs) i just flew right through that conveyor belt it had nothing on me uh but i don't know i still like that level aesthetically this game feels like one of those off-brand disney cartoons that you would get on a vhs tape at a blockbuster Mm -hmm. or at like a like a mom and pop video store. I was going to
1: say, weirdly, I was going to say on vacation. Because this is a very old memory I have of going on vacation when I was like five. Uh, And like, in like, my parents renting a VCR, like from the hotel, Mm -hmm. and like getting like fucking whatever knockoff (laughs) cartoons from whatever rental
0: store. It's a big. It's a blast from the past. It's a blast from the past. (laughs) It's a big '90s feel. Yeah. Oh yeah. This game couldn't feel more '90s. Yeah, and I think that's what what draws me to it. Mm -hmm. Like even right now, if somebody was like, "Be honest, (laughs) do you like Space Station Silicon Valley?" I'd be like, "Kinda," (laughs) and I just gave up playing it. Like, I was like, I'm not going to finish this game. But, like, I still harbor a little bit of that. And I think that a lot of the the aesthetic, the presentation, is nostalgic for me. And oh, yeah. I think that's what what draws me to it. I, I would be the same way, I guarantee it. Yeah. And anyway, those are my final thoughts. What are we talking <laughs> about next time? Uh, what else are we talking about this time? Yeah, got one uh, thing. Bosses. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mini games. Those. Every stage in this game ends with, uh, yeah. You said bosses, mini bosses, mini games, which is appropriate. <laughs> it is some weird thing like that. And this is something I like did not remember about the game. You probably never made it to it. Maybe I never made it to him. It's very possible. Uh, and it's really odd. I actually kind of like this decision. Uh, like, the optimal way to make this game better would be to chop out the, like, last 40% of every level except the the boss level. I think the boss level actually does provide something that the rest of the game doesn't in a way that that I do like and I got to shout out the the Fighter Jet level mm-hmm. for just being the Snoopy dog fighting thing. It, yeah. it is exactly that. And it's just to me is the best
1: one. Mm-hmm. It felt very Crash Bandicoot to me. They would always do that sort of thing where they would have like a like a mini boss thing that was like a race or something mm-hmm. or a dog fighting section or whatever. Um so yeah, yeah. No, I don't dislike it um, on on principle, I guess. But uh, like, huh. I I in a game with like controls this like chunky, I I, do, I feel like making like the like the boss challenges like things that control different than what you've been doing is not a good decision.
0: Uh, it's probably not great all the time for sure <laughs> but I feel like so much of the game is playing with different controls that's, that's fair Like the, but also in your defense one of the big biggest departures from your traditional controls that is forced in a regular level is the fish level which is uh, terrible <laughs> it feels bad it feels hard to control not difficult in the way that like you might think from swimming where like oh my directionals are all messed up or it feels sluggish and slow it's like in order to move you have to mash the uh button for it mm-hmm. which is weird like it's just kind of weird that you can't hold it or tap it reasonably to go quickly you have to like really get you on engage there. Engage the
1: turbo button. You
0: have to engage the turbo button in order to, to move around at a pace. That's like anything greater than a snail's pace. Uh, so yeah, they shouldn't have done it that way. Probably. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like, I don't know. The dog fighting felt like they had probably made a plane game before and just imported it in. Cause it didn't feel like complete garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, The race on the Walrus, I mean, at least it wasn't hard. It was just real slippy, slidey. Yeah. It was probably better than the race against uh, whatever the thing was the Octopus? The Octopus? Yeah. Yeah. Controls better than the Hovercraft in Diddy Kong Racing is not high praise. Uh,. Yeah, that's about it, though. Mm -hmm. We tried to make this longer, much like. Hey, I think it's totally fine. I agree to do a shorter episode. I've
1: been wanting to do a shorter episode.
0: I know. Well, the next one will probably be shorter too. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. What are we talking? Oh wait, hold on. (laughs) Do we have
1: Europe thoughts? Uh, My Euro thoughts are. I feel like I I, I don't know, I want to say pride myself, but like I really try with this podcast to like meet games where they are and give them the time of day. And like if I don't click with it right away to like stick with it, because I've, I've had a lot of games we've done are games that I would have stopped playing if I was just doing it in my free time, and then I ended up really liking them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, this game just kind of made me tired when I played it. Um, it might be my least favorite game we've done for the podcast. <laughs> it, it's, it's it one of those early 3D games that really shows its age, and even... I, somebody who is good at revisiting old games found it pretty tough to go back to um, yeah, I mean yeah I was I think I was getting at it when I was comparing it to like Banjo-Kazooie I think that's like the easiest lens to kind of like, to bring it into focus, like why I think it's not very good, um, like it feels like just like on a game design level um, it's just not where it needed to be um like a lot of like the the levels don't really feel like intuitive or like they kind of like logically like lead you like through gameplay to like what to do next um and yeah it just it feels very I don't I it's hard to describe it just feels very like early 3D games we don't quite know what we're doing um but we're gonna try our best uh so I don't know. It's just a lot. There's certain there's certain things that are charming. Like I really like the concept. I think it's yeah, and the name or like are fantastic. I think like there's like little touches like the music being diegetic and that clearly having some kind of significance to the story for the team. I think and like certain levels that have like the window and like so you can see out into space and like that actually take advantage of the idea. Uh, and like, that's all very cool, and I there's a lot about it that I really want to like. Like On paper, this game sounds awesome, uh-huh. um, but I think in reality, it's just a game that has not aged well, in my opinion, in most ways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess I will kit, quit kicking it while it's down and say I'll just
0: leave it at that. Mm-hmm. So while it was down and you were kicking it, (laughs) I jumped into it and it stood up. It is I, the game. Uh, uh, Fuck. This game's uh, pretty bad. I said it early on. I was like, when you hear this game described, it's something that sounds like it's going to be very cool. And when you do think about it on a conceptual level and the fact that, like, it does function, it works... It, you can play it. It won't hurt you to do so. Uh, it is cool. It is a cool idea. And it I don't know how it entered my life. I was too young to have been making the decisions myself uh, on this kind of a thing. So I was just handed this. And it has been a lasting legacy in my life for... Was fucking 1998? So, uh, 24 years is is just been there with me, in, living in my brain, <laughs> and knowing that it was there. And we did keep wanting to come back to it for the podcast, because it was something that in my head I kept going, this was a really cool game that was too hard for me to play as a kid. And I think that if you draw the line between the Space Station, Silicon Valley, and... Fucking uh, Bugs Bunny, Crazy Castle, and To Rascal and To Killing Zone. These are all the. Th- this is my version of that, and I I honestly wasn't a hundred percent certain that I had that. Mm. I joked on one of those episodes that I was one of the few kids who liked the game Glover, and I but like Glover's like not. It's not like I don't have a nostalgic attachment to it. I just remember playing it and being like, Haha, it's a fun game." but now I know this, what, this is my killing zone. This is my rascal and I'm happy to hold it. Uh, but you shouldn't, and you shouldn't <laughs> play it because it's not very good. Uh, and it, 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 it isn't, it doesn't even fall into the like campy fun area that a lot of the bad games we talk about do. So unfortunate, but, uh, hopefully the episode was fun for you guys. Um, and I loved my time. Well, I didn't love all of my time, but I, I liked revisiting this uh, in in a way, in a sick way. <laughs> Thank you for listening to No Clip this week. What are we talking about next time? <laughs> next time, we're talking about Snowboard Kids 2. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh also on the N sixty four, which mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, Hopefully we can get it, some functioning. If if worse
1: comes to worse, I can bring my computer out to the living room mm.
0: because the emulator does support two controllers. So fuck yes. Uh so we're gonna be racing and spacing. That's the theme for December. N sixty four racing and spacing. <laughs> uh next time i think this is the most appropriate christmas time episode yeah uh because it is snowboarding uh i want to mention this it's like a cart racer but with
1: kids on snowboards
0: oh you you don't think people everyone just does what snowboard (laughs) kids some people do and some people have never heard of it i will say i had never heard of it And a surprising number of people have, Mm -hmm. which makes me think I like missed out on the (laughs) Snowboard Kids 2 thing. Um, But anyway, that's next time. Uh, Until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com. And if you normally turn the podcast off here, uh, I just thought of something, and I should mention it now. Uh, Hey... Jump on in to the podcast discord or down in the comments uh, and start putting in some suggestions for Fan Brewery, uh, which is going to be coming up. Uh, I'll put it at the top of the next episode and on pocket and we'll definitely hype it up on the year and uh, no clip awards. Uh, so just get get that in your little noggins. Um but on our website at NoClubPodcast.com or on SplatterShot.pro, you can find our email address, our Twitter account, uh, you can find the Discord uh, where you can suggest games, like for February or talk about the games that we've been talking about. Uh, there's a link to our YouTube channel where you can watch all of our old episodes, some of which have gameplay footage, like this one, that I'm sure you'll love to see. Uh, and that includes uh, games like Rascal, or <laughs> Killing Zone, uh, or Bugs Bunny Crazy Castle or Harvest Moon. <laughs> GBC. GBC. Or d- what's an actual fucking 3D platformer we did? Yeah, Hat in Time. Like a Hat in Time. We called that one out last time. Um, Super Mario Sunshine. Hell yeah, what a good episode. Maybe. I haven't listened to it in years. <laughs> Dan likes that one. Dan likes it. The guy in this game? Yeah. <laughs> whose name may not Dan be Dan. and Evo love it. Dan, they, it's their favorite one. Yes. Uh... That's because they're in space and it takes the wave
1: set. Sa- <laughs> that. Like, you know, space waves. That's what the space whales are riding. Have Evo jump into your computer and hit A to like and B to subscribe. da 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 da.
0: Uh, What do you think about uh, smacking that ass? (laughs)
1: It's my favorite pastime.
0: (laughs) It's my favorite ass time. time. Yeah,
1: yeah, sure. Ass time. Welcome to (laughs) ass time. Yeah. (laughs)